Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the God of manna, the God of miracles, the God of mercy. Amen. We are now six weeks, uh, five weeks into being on the radio, and there are no market surveys in the area to give us information about who's listening and how they are experiencing the radio program. So both people who are here and those of you at home and anybody who's listening on the radio especially, we would like your feedback. So you can call, you can email. There is also a very brief survey on our website, rlcjuno.org. Just a few questions. And to help us understand what's working for you, what's not, we want this to be a, a program that really is meeting the needs of the people who are, are out there, especially not able to come into worship. So uh, we need to hear from you. Grace of our light, Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Holy God, your word feeds your people with life that is eternal. Direct our choices and preserve us in your truth that, renouncing what is false and evil, we may live in you through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Now is the time for our children's message. Today we're going to talk about Elijah's journey in the wilderness. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 4 through 8. Elijah went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. Is it enough now, O Lord? Take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly, an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. Elijah looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. Elijah got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food for forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Now Elijah was a prophet that God had to oppose a wicked king and bring ministry back to the land. Elijah's life was filled with turmoil. At times he was bold and decisive, and at other times fearful and tentative. Elijah knew both the power of God and how hard life could really be. At this point, Elijah was extremely discouraged and exhausted and quite willing just to give up. Have you ever felt that way? I know when a task seems too large or just too complicated, I can feel that way. Elijah wondered why he was the only prophet God had left, but God hadn't abandoned him. God knew that Elijah could not continue without nourishment and provided for his needs with a miraculous cake and water. 
This reading reminds us that when we're feeling overwhelmed, we should take a moment to rest, connect, and listen to God. He will provide for us in body and soul as he did for Elijah. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for providing for us body and soul. Please remind us to rest and listen. Amen. saying that offends Jesus' disciples is his claim that his followers must eat his flesh and drink his blood. The followers who return to their old lives know something about how odd this sounds. Simon Peter, on the other hand, knows something about the scarcity of living gracious words. He asks the most important question, to whom shall we go? The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, those who eat my flesh and drink my my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about him, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. Flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, for this reason, I have told you that no one can come to, the, come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Okay, so continuing... Continuing on this passage of John, and, and yes, the verses are overlapping from week to week, in case you, you're thinking, didn't we hear that like three times already in August? Um, it's only the third Sunday in August. Yes, we, there are repeating verses. Because this passage is, is, hard, is, is hard to understand. I mean, when they said, this is, this is difficult to understand, how can we understand this? And note that we've been talking all about Jesus saying, this, this is my flesh. I'm, I'm giving my flesh for you. You need to eat 
my flesh and drink my blood, um, to be intentionally provocative in, in both uh, Jewish communities and in Gentile communities, because it was going to be offensive to everybody, and to, to challenge people and to understand people what it meant for Jesus to be 100% committed. After having talked about that for weeks, notice that in this week, he says, the flesh is nothing. It is the spirit that saves. Thanks a lot, Jesus. We were just kind of getting connected with the flesh thing. Because again, in John, you can't separate them. Uh, an illustration that like, they came up in one of the commentaries I was looking at said, which is more important? The word of God or the sacrament? Just think for a second how you might respond to that. Anybody willing to say out loud? Yeah, because you can't. You can't prioritize one over the other. They go together. It's an incarnate faith. That means that we, we are embodied. Christ is embodied. We take Christ into ourselves and we live it. But all of that, all of that is powered by the Spirit, by the call of God. Talking about things that are hard to understand, I'm going to ask for a picture that uh, became uh, viral in, thank you, 2015. Does anybody remember this? OK. So what color is the dress? You've got blue and white. Okay. White and black. What else? Anyone? Everybody okay with white, blue and black, white and uh, huh? Purple and black. Anybody else? So now I'm going to ask Julie for the next slide. There are people who just absolutely were committed to this dress being gold and white. And there were other people who were very committed to this being a photograph of a dress that was blue and black, purple and black, some, you know, something in that range, depending on how you label that color, and black. What's interesting, well, there's a couple of interesting things about this. Do you, do you see the pictures differently now? Anyone? Um, no? Do they look the same now? People just, first of all, they fought vehemently for whichever, whichever version they saw and, and thought the other one was colorized or there was something wrong with people's color vision if, if people saw it differently than they did. And then people started to come up with lots of theories about why some of us see gold and white and some of us see 
blue, purple, and black. And you could take, you know, vote for which one you thought it was online, and uh, uh, there were debates about it. And then there were debates about these theories. Why? Why does this happen? Okay. Eventually, what we got was a lot of theories nobody really knows. We, we have differences in our visual perception. And whatever we see becomes part of what we know. And we fill in the detail around it. Like why we see it that way or how we're sure about it. Or why somebody else doesn't see it that way. And yet, it's the neurologists and um, those who test these things said, eh, we don't really know why there's these differences. And you can see how, how some of the filters make these differences show. But the same picture, people debate it. We do that with the gospel. especially when we come to these passages that are difficult or where people are turning away or where Jesus says, you have to eat my flesh, and we read those texts for weeks, and then Jesus says, the flesh is nothing, right? And whatever it is that we understand we start to build our beliefs around it. And we can get really committed to those beliefs. And we can get so committed to those beliefs that we become hostile to people who, who hear something different in the gospel, who focus on a different part, or who have different reasoning. There is not a whole lot of gospel, like none, that talks about tear down your brother or sister who gets it differently, who focuses on a different part. Much like I said at the reflection, that if you read the, the text before you come to church, you will hear it differently when you're in church that day. You hear things differently at different times, and different people have different frameworks. Maybe they have a different number of rods and cones in their eyes. I don't know. You know, maybe it has to do with the way color was built for you in your early color understanding. I, like I said, I, many theories don't know. When we do that with our faith, Two things. One is we don't have an opportunity to share and really learn from our brothers and sisters. But the other thing is we limit what we're willing to hear God say to us. And we start to reject anything that doesn't go with what we already believe, what we're already committed to. I already signed up for this. I'm, I'm in, I'm in this, this group here. Don't tell me that's not where I'm supposed to be. God has more to say than we are ever able to hear. 
God has more to say than we can possibly experience in our life. God has more love for us than we will ever be able to understand. And in the gospel today, it says some people, some people left. It's too hard. It's too hard to understand. But it also has this piece where he says, no one can come to me unless the Father, unless called by, I don't know exactly the translation I'm working with today, um, unless it is granted by the Father. Granted by the Father. Meaning, we can't get it on our own. We can't get it on our own. It's in the relinquishing of our control that we start to become transformed. I'm going to assume everybody here has been to one or more weddings. And often, when you're at a wedding, when the bridal march starts and the bride comes in, you stand up. Now, sometimes you stand up because you think that's the rules. It's like standing up and sitting down at you know, a Lutheran church when you don't know what the practice is. Sometimes you think it's the rule you have to stand up. But sometimes there's just this, this stand-up energy. You just feel yourself being lifted out of your chair by, by the event, by the people around you. It happens also at sports events, right? When something happens, the, you know, your favorite player gets a goal, for example, you know, if you're able, you're going to jump up. Drop my popcorn on the person in front of me, but, but you're going to jump up. Because it's exciting, and it's not because it's a rule that you jump up and then start the cheer. It's because it's you're moved to. It's because you feel it. It's because you're energized by it. That being energized, that's the movement of, I'm not saying God has a stand-up at sports events, but that feeling, that feeling of, of sort of needing to do something. We, it is our habit to stand up when we read the gospel. It's not dissimilar for standing up at a sports event or at a wedding in terms of where it came from. That was the time Jesus was being, being born to the community. So we stand up for it. But then we hear the gospel, and sometimes we struggle with it more than others. And then, then we have prayer, and then we come to the Eucharist. And something that you may not know is that if, if any of the, the Eucharist falls on the floor, we pick it up and make sure that we set it aside. And after worship, it, it all needs to be consumed reverently or blessed and thanked and given, given back to the earth. So return to the earth. But we don't leave it on the ground. Because 
We want to honor this thing that God gives us. At the same time, we can be tempted to leave the words that are spoken here in some sense on the ground and let them be you know, vacuumed up. Both of those things we consume. When Jesus starts, talks about us eating his flesh, he is talking about the fact that he's giving his flesh, but he's also talking about the fact that this, this, is, this is for you to consume because it will make you closer to me. And once you've had that experience, then you get where Simon Peter is. Why would I go, I mean, he doesn't say it, this paraphrase, why would I go anywhere else? Who, el who else has this? Life is better when you go where God calls. It's easier to hear the call when you practice listening. So as we round out this, I am the flesh, you're invited always, come to the table. Martin Luther said, come as often as it's offered. Uh, come and receive. Receive Christ in word, receive Christ in sacrament. Be sent by the Spirit into the world. That's the bread of life. Please stand as you are able. Let us sing together of hope. of God's promise, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. God of courage, bless all leaders of your church. Make them ready to proclaim the gospel of peace and strengthen them to preach your loving word. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of creation, bless mountains and waterways. Protect the land from drought and bring life-giving rain to support growth. Instruct your people in wise treatment of the world you have provided for all your creatures. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. God of community, bless all who seek justice between nations and peoples. Give guidance to bridge builders, heal visions, heal divisions, and inspire cooperation in times of crisis, disaster, and war. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of compassion, Bless all who are in need. Accompany all who are lonely and feeling abandoned and remind them of your abiding presence. 
accompany all who are persecuted and exploited and open us to their cries. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of change, bless our transitions. God, guide all who are embarking on new stages in life, such as a new job, new school, or new community. Sustain enduring relationships and kindle new relationships and interest. Lord, in your mercy. God of courage, bless all leaders of your church. Bless Elizabeth Eaton, Alaska Synod Bishop Shelley Wickstrom, Bishop Terry Brandt of our sister synod, and the Alaska Southeast Cluster. Pastor Karen Perkins for the Alaska Native Lutheran Church Anchorage. Raise up new leaders and encourage those pursuing a call to ministry. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For what else do the people of God pray? Or have to leave Afghanistan. For those who don't want to leave Afghanistan and have to for their safety. For those with addictions. For those who are struggling with COVID and living in fear. God of comfort, bless all who we mourn. Let me start over. God of comfort, bless all who mourn the deaths of their beloved ones. We give you thanks for the saints who have gone before us. Renew our confidence in your promise of resurrection and life in the world to come. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and those in our hearts known only to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which is helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC Food Pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Jesus, bread of life, you have set this table with your very self and called us to the feast of plenty. Gather what has been sown among us and strengthen us in this meal. Make us to be what we receive here, your body, for the life of the world. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, Father who, who art, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. 
Let us announce together the mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. The blessing of God who provides for us, feeds us, and journeys with us be upon you now and forever. Amen. Amen. You are the body of Christ. Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.